Welcome to our third and final live recording of the Talking Dairy podcast, coming from the National Field Days 2023. My name is Ben Chapman-Smith. I'm very excited about this next conversation because we're tackling an incredibly important topic, which is mental health in the rural sector. Here to share their personal experiences with mental wellness are Kelly Dickey and Matty Kirk, who both live near the beautiful west coast town of Raglan. Kelly is a share milker, but she's also a trained psychologist and a facilitator for Rural Support Trust. Maddie is a former dairy farmer, now Waikato-based territory manager for Pioneer Brand Seeds. In 2018, Maddie wrote his Kellogg Rural Leadership Program paper on mental health and well-being. They're both strongly involved in running the Surfing for Farmers initiative in Raglan, which is something we'll be chatting about today. So let's get started. Maddie and Kelly, thank you so much for stopping by the stand today and giving up your time. All good, Ben. Thank you. Let's get into it. Tell us a bit about yourselves. Uh, Kelly, what's your involvement in the dairy sector and in rural mental health? Okay, so hi. Um, My husband and I went share milking in 2018. And at the same time, I was actually working full time for Department of Corrections, working in the rehabilitation program space. So I loved that and I was using some awesome skills with the men, but I was trying to figure out how I can maybe use the same skills that I have in the farming industry. And in 2019, I stumbled across uh, the Rural Support Trust and asked if I could join the team and they were like, absolutely. And that was amazing. So I've been doing that ever since. And in 2022, I left Department of Corrections and went back to the farm, which just allowed some more flexibility to do more RST stuff and activities and get into the community as well as helping out on the farm and relieving our staff of day-to-day pressures. Sure. That's me. Sure, sure. And and you now you work as a facilitator for Rural Support Trust as well? Yep. So it's not like a full-time gig. It's very much as clients ring up or farmers ring the 0800 number if my skill set matches what the client needs, I'll get that case and, yeah, go from there. Sure, thank you. And Maddie, tell us about your involvement in the dairy sector and with rural mental health. Yes, sweet. Born and bred in Hamilton and um, left school at 16 and um, got straight into dairy farming. I did about 10 years dairying with an OE, five-year OE in the middle of it all. Sort of got out of dairying about eight years ago and I've been a rural professional since then. In terms of the the mental health stuff, I did a Kellogg Rural Leadership course in 2018 and and that's when the sort of the light bulb came on for me. How can I give back to the industry that had given me an awful lot? And I decided to do a research project in the space and yeah, I've I've been stoked to kind of be talking about it ever since really. Good man. Hey, in that Kellogg report, you wrote, you said that the main factors causing mental wellness issues in the rural industry were isolation, long hours, not enough time off the farm, lack of exercise, poor eating habits, and a lack of sleep. If you were to do a similar piece of research in 2023, would you see anything different? I think we're probably more aware of it, but I still think that those those issues are still there 100%. You know, like um, the hours haven't changed. We work both do surfing for farmers and, and, you know, spread the word that way and, and trying to encourage people to get off the farm. But... Um, to be honest, I, yeah, I think we've still got a bit of work to do. It's still something you feel really passionate about, obviously. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it's um, it's not something we can just 
slam time and money ad and, it's, and the problem's going to go away, right? Like, we've always got new people coming into the industry. We've got um, old crew have been around forever. We all know that life gives us bumps, speed bumps along the way. So you need to be um, constantly working on it. And um, yeah, if you're not working on your, your mental wellness all the time, then it's pretty easy to go down a rabbit hole. Do you mind telling us a bit about your personal experience with mental health? Yeah, absolutely. So I've um, experienced both depression and anxiety while I was farming. It's one of those things that I kind of never expected to happen to me, um, but it did. So um, when I saw the, the doctor one day and he, and he sort of said to me, mate, I think you've got depression. You're not just you're not just working too hard, which I was, but there's something else going on. And it was a pretty heavy day for, for someone like me who's always been into health and exercise and um, just living life to the fullest. But for me, there was two doors to go down at that time, right? You either confront it and accept it or you bury your head in the sand and you keep going down the rabbit hole and, and you, you actually get worse. So I think once I fronted up to it and accepted it and, and worked through it with my friends and family, um, it was the best thing I ever did. And then doing the, the Kellogg project made me understand it a, a heap more as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, uh, Kelly, what about you? What's your personal experience with mental health? So for myself, I am a massive yes, yes man, yes woman. So <laughs> yep, I will do that. Yep, I'll be there. Yep, yep, yep. Like count me in for everything. And then afterwards, I'm thinking, holy heck, I've committed to so much stuff. How am I going to manage all these extra activities as well as maintain like my current job and lifestyle? So that creates a lot of stress or has created a lot of stress for me in the past because I don't want to let anyone down. So it's a massive fear of mine of being like, sorry, I can't do that. Um, I'd way rather just say yes and make it work somehow. So yeah, I'm a work in progress, learning about setting boundaries and saying no at times. We can't always say yes, but it's a hard one to kind of master. <laughs> mm. But yeah, we're getting there. It's a really good point that one, eh? Because I think um, you actually need to put yourself first quite often in this space without being super selfish about it. But if you're not looking after yourself, you can't look after your, your family or your, your work colleagues or, mm. you know, your employees. So you actually need to really work on yourself. And sometimes that is saying no to things, you know, and people are banging on the door all the time and you say, actually, no, I don't have capacity to do that. I'm sorry. And you put yourself first. Well, thank you for saying yes to this podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, Kelly, do you think that the stigma historically attached to mental illness, do you think that's lessened in the rural sector and why? So part of the stigma is people believe that if you're feeling low or not feeling yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, that it's a sign of weakness. And I think it's absolutely starting to be challenged in the rural sector, but also nationally in every area. I mean, there's so many community events going on, community initiatives. There is online resources. There is big names talking about their own experiences. And it's all about normalising that it's okay not to be okay and that you're not weak and you're going to get through this. But it didn't just happen overnight, the stigma. So it's, it's taken a long time to get to this point and it's going to take generations to kind of break that down further. But the ball, in my opinion, is definitely rolling in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even at the field days, there's so much talk this year about well-being and keeping yourself feeling good and doing what you need to do to kind of preserve who you are. So, yeah, I think mm. it's definitely on, a, on the right track. Yeah, Maddie, on the whole, do you think that farmers are getting better at talking about what's happening upstairs? Yeah, I think they are. Like Kelly said, I think 
we can do better. And, and you know, being here today is a fantastic initiative from Dairy NZ. We're really stoked to be here and, and thanks for bringing us on to let us talk about it. I mean, one of the most important things that came out of the research for, from me was, um, you know, just talking about how you're feeling and what's going on. Um, it's a really powerful thing. You're not the only one and there's plenty of people that have been through it. There's plenty of people that are going through it and there will continue to be people, right? The brain's the most complicated muscle we've got in the body. So, it, it, of course, it's going to react strangely at times to, to things that happen in your life. One big thing I'm big on is everyone's going to have speed bumps through life. You know, you could have, uh, you could get injured or you could get sick or you could have a, um, you know, a death in the family or a friend or something like that. And so when those, when those speed bumps hit you, if you're not talking about looking after yourself, if you haven't been looking after yourself, then those speed bumps hit you a lot harder. So that's why I really work on daily making sure I'm in the most positive place that I can be so that when those inevitable speed jumps come along, I'm in a much better mental space to be able to deal with it. Yeah, awesome. Mm. Awesome. Kelly, in your role as a facilitator for Rural Support Trust, what are the key stresses that you're seeing out there at the moment? So at the moment, um, we were having a look at the data in the last four months show that all clients are ringing about mental health, but when you break that down, we've figured out that there's financial pressures and employment issues that are causing the most, I guess, stress or anxiety, but these are only the people that are calling, so we can only go from that data. There's so many people who actually may not be ringing up and experience something completely different, but as a whole, it just sounds like a lot of uncertainty about what's happening going forward financially with staff and yeah it's stressful it is um but our phone lines have definitely gotten busier um okay. so okay. whether more people are actually getting better at speaking up or talking about it or i don't know but it's awesome to see people calling mm. and maybe they know about us a little bit more now since we've thrown ourselves into people's faces yeah sure <laughs> and in your role what do you see as the most effective actions that farmers can take to, you know, to stay operating at 100%? I mean, there's the standards, sleep well, eat well, do some physical activity. Um, but those are really hard to master at times. I think an outlet, having a, a, an outlet to do something for yourself, whether it's on farm still in the comfort of your own home or if it's off farm by yourself with other people, something to switch off distract yourself from the everyday grind, something that makes you feel good and fills your cup up. And if it makes you feel good, you'll you'll know because you'll want to do it again. So finding something that you enjoy. Um, there's no point in going to a squash game down the road if you actually hate squash. You won't go back, but doing something that's really important and uplifting for you, yeah. Yeah, that connection, right? So, yeah, it could be the squash club or it could be a local church or it could be surfing for farmers or it could be the chess club or... Your knitting club down the road, you know, whatever whatever it is, putting one circle a week that you're guaranteed that that's the day that you're definitely getting off farm is one of the best things you can do, you know. And that, that, that can even be if you, if you live in the city. Like, everybody needs a change of scene, you know. I could live on a tropical island, but that tropical island would drive me mental after a while. You've got to have a change of scene to, to get perspective as well on where you are. And mm. I think it's really important to, if you're not feeling that great, jump in your ute and drive out the driveway and go and see what else is happening around the district, you know? Good man. I lived on a tropical island for a year and I can attest to that. You go a bit stir-crazy <laughs> after a while. Yeah. Hey, mate, what do you do to keep yourself in good form? 
I mean, surfing's my major, major passion. I love surfing. I live at the coast. Um, try and surf as, you know, whenever the surf's good. Probably don't chase it as much as I used to because I've got a, a family now. But, um, you know, eating well, trying to get my sleep in, talking to people when I don't feel good. I mean, for me, it's something I work on every day, you know. Um, so I, I, might go, I might go a couple of years and feel 100% and then all of a sudden start feeling a bit average and I'll talk to my wife about that and make some changes or whatever. I know my triggers now, you know, so if I'm not exercising enough, probably having a few too many beers. Those two things combine for me uh, uh, when I start to slide. So everything in moderation, let's enjoy the journey, really. Good stuff. Kelly, what about you? As a share milker, are there things that you do every day just to keep yourself well? Yes. So it has to be some form of physical activity for me, whether it's just walking the dogs, getting my steps in, or if it's raining, jumping on the spin bike. But it's not just the physical activity for me. It's also the listening to music. So some country music or some punk rock, whatever it is, something to just distract myself, switch off, but also get that physical adrenaline going, I guess. Mm. I, if I don't do that each day at night, I'm 100% more noticeably agitated. Like I just am restless and I need that. I also try and practice guitar a few times a week, but the reality is sometimes that just gets pushed down the priority list. That's why I'm still no good at it, but I love it. Um, but the physical activity is a non-negotiable for me all the time. Yeah, cool. yeah. Let's talk about surfing for farmers for a bit, which you're both heavily involved in. Maddie, for farmers who are listening to this who haven't been along to surfing for farmers, what does an average session look like? Fun. So yeah, Kelly and I both run the, the Raglan Group. Um, there's 21 regions around the country that run this summer. There will probably be a few more coming up in November this year. The average night looks like um, farmers rock up. Uh, we have a registration table. We take their name, their details, and then that's pretty much as straightforward as it is. Week two, they just tick their name off that they're there, a little bit like a discussion group. And then, yeah, we, we kit them out in a wetsuit and a surfboard. We have trained um, surf instructors there that will take them down to the beach, put them through a full lesson. Um, they normally surf, well, they surf for as long as they like, basically, so that can be 15 minutes or an hour and a half. We just kind of surf till it gets dark. And then we come up, we have a um, barbecue put on by one of our amazing sponsors for the night. They'll, they'll always put a barbie and we'll feed some crew, have a couple of drinks, stand around, have some connection. Yeah. Hey, lots of laughs. and Lots of networking and just... Just checking in, how you're going, chatting, feeding them, having a drink. Yeah, yeah, it's a real casual setting, but important. Yeah. Yeah, and some people don't surf. Some people come out oh, yeah. um, and they yeah. don't. They don't even surf. They'll just come out with their families and their, their kids will play on the beach. And mum and dad might even sometimes they'll just go for a wander up the beach. But um, they will always be there for the barbecue and that, that that's that connection. And for me, the surfing's are actually a byproduct of the whole. We call it surfing for farmers. That's what we're doing. But I remember our first week a few years ago, I think we had about six people turn up and two of them were mid-60s. They'd come from <laughs> Otrahonga. One of them, Graham, he's been basically every single time for the last four years. And the other guy, Paul, he, um, he turned up with a GoPro and he didn't, actually didn't surf, but he rolled around in the whitewater for about half an hour on his back laughing and yeah, carrying cool. on like a 10-year-old kid. It was just unreal, you know. And, and he said to me afterwards, he hadn't been to the beach in a couple of years and... Just and the fact that he was at the coast, the endorphins just went straight into his brain and, and he was a different person. So it was pretty pretty powerful. So good. Mm. Yeah, Kelly, talk a bit about that before and after. Do you see that a noticeable difference in farmers who come along? 
a lot of people that turn up are using it as their form of outlet, which I mentioned before, which is awesome to see. So they turn up and I was speaking to a farmer a couple of weeks ago and he was saying he just really enjoys the whole experience. So driving out there with a group of mates, signing in, going out surfing, having a beer and a barbecue and then cruising home, like that's magical for him and it's out of his comfort zone and he just enjoys every second. So, yeah, not everyone that turns up is noticeably down at the beginning and then up at the end, but up in the club rooms afterwards, it's definitely a feeling of joy. Like everyone's just so stoked with maybe what they've achieved or what they've given a go and it's... It's amazing to just feel that energy. Yeah. We don't really have a cutoff time, so we just kind of let them do their own thing and eventually we, we shut the surf club down and we all go home in the dark. So, yeah, we never really kick anyone out and, and it's amazing. They just stand around chatting for ages and, yeah, it's pretty awesome, eh? Mm. It is. <laughs> what is it specifically about getting in the ocean that's so beneficial? Well, the water's just a very um, natural healer um, and then you chuck waves on top of that. Yeah, I probably can't answer that question um, scientifically, but for me personally, I just know that if I have too much time away from the coast, I, I just don't feel 100%, and, and that, that's you know that's just my medicine, and can't really explain it really. It just the ocean's just a very powerful natural healer. Hey, there'll be some farmers listening to this who might think it sounds really good, but I've got a dodgy back, never surfed, not that comfortable in the ocean, and they might be a little hesitant about giving it a go. I imagine you've seen. Quite a few of those people come along before. What would you say to encourage people to give it a go? I would say I'm hopeless and come along. (laughs) Join me in being hopeless. No, there's just something about being out there, whether you're good at it or not. You're with like-minded people and floundering around, whether you're actually just lying on your board, paddling or surfing, like, just come along, give it a go. Um, What's the worst that can happen? I'm sure the surf instructors have seen worse. Yeah. (laughs) Just... 90, I would say yeah. 95% of our farmers who turn up, farmers and growers who turn up, um, haven't surfed before. So it's a whole learning environment for everybody, you know. So jump in the yoke, come out and, and give it a crack and, yeah, we, we pretty much guarantee you you won't regret it. Yeah. That's part of the joy of it, right, trying something new. Yeah, Yeah, totally. and there's just no judgment. Like, well, you don't care if you're good or not. Like, no one cares. Just come along and, yeah, give it a go and join us afterwards for a bit. Like, mm. Hey, a a final question for both of you. Many farmers are battling right now, as you've touched on, Kelly, specifically because of financial pressures. Do you have any words of support or encouragement? I would say, like, if you're battling and going through hell, just just keep going, but don't do it alone. So, kōrero, speak out, speak up, reach out, do whatever you need to do to get that support network so that you're not going through it alone. It's real strength reaching out and you will get through it. It may not seem like it right now, but you will. And you just need a a really awesome support network to maybe assist and get you through the other side, but just don't give up. Mm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, the word strength is is a really, really good one. I think every time I've felt down and I've spoken to someone about it, when I started feeling better, I felt a little bit stronger. And then I might've gone down again and I spoke to somebody else and I got a little bit stronger and it's amazing how you can turn the stigma of a weakness and to, to me it's the most powerful thing ever. You know, I, I think I'm the strongest mentally I've ever been because I've, I've been through all of this and um, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it and I'm happy for people to learn off my experiences and it's amazing. And um, a quote that I really like is behind every sunset is a sunrise, you know. So 
every day that sun's going to come up and today might be a real marginal day for you. Make tomorrow a better day, you know? Yeah. Just keep going. Mm. Oh, you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for just coming on and sharing really candidly about your own experience and just talking about surfing for farmers and lots of gems in there. So, hey, thank you very much for your time and I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into today's episode. And I just want to say a quick thank you to all of you who listen and subscribe to this podcast, both here in New Zealand and overseas. At DairyNZ, we're really grateful for your support, your feedback, and your new ideas for podcasts. And on that note, please don't be shy to drop me a line if you have any fresh ideas at talkingdairy at dairynz.co.nz. Catch you next time.